It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. How can you achieve and maintain business growth? Harvard Business School Executive Education is now accepting applications for a new program, Driving Profitable Growth. Taking place in Boston from October 25th through the 28th, this program focuses on business expansion and organizational growth strategies that can lead your company into the future. Learn more about this three-day program for senior leaders by visiting hbs.me growth. That's hbs.me growth. You are Locked On Celtics, your daily Celtics podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I'm so hyped right now. Anything's possible. Oh, my mama. Oh, my mama made it, man. Anything's possible. Rainy days. Jump shot, fade away. This the best Celtics podcast day to day. Especially when the season get hectic. I stay waiting on it like receiving a Nets pick. Nothing like the terrible analysts on the TV. So in depth you might even hear a story on Gigi. So in depth they might do an hour about the D-League. So in depth you probably should pay him but it's a freebie. Yeah, John Corrales and J. King. Locked on trying to get the 18th ring. So you can miss me with the blah blah. No more Geno time. We watching Jay do the Zaza. Melis. Hey there, welcome back to the Locked On Celtics Podcast here on the Locked On Podcast Network. Thank you for making this part of your regular routine. We are the Reign of Jays, John Corrales, Jay King. I'm here, Jays there, in Utah, where the Celtics beat the Philadelphia 76ers in a highly anticipated matchup of first-round selections. <laughs> Jason Tatum and Markel Fultz, and Jason Tatum with the clutch win! Wow! It, it was crazy because, like, the, the top comparison you heard of Jason Tatum was Paul Pierce, right? Right. And, and of course, in, in his summer league debut, he comes out with, like, the same elbow-type step back that Pierce hit countless times. So, perfect for all the summer league overreaction. <laughs> Jason Tatum is Paul Pierce. Paul Pierce is Jason Tatum. Actually, Tatum... Tatum had a, a lot of flaws in his game, I, I thought. Like, it wasn't a perfect game by any means, no. but very promising debut for him. I thought Jalen Brown was just – he doesn't even need to be in summer league anymore. If they just shut him down, I, I think it would probably be the right decision. Like, he is so far beyond it. The only, the only thing I will say, though, Jalen Brown is he, – he's testing the limits of his game, so he kind of needs it. So I, I, I say he's too good for summer league and they should shut him down. But he kind of needs to like do all the things he's doing and make plays and run pick and rolls and do all this stuff that he never got to do last season because it's all new to him. And you could see, like he had zero assists and seven turnovers. It, it wasn't at all perfect, but but he really was on another level from from everybody, and that included Markel Fultz and Jason Tatum, who were both really good, I thought, in their debuts. Yeah, I thought everybody looked pretty smooth. The, everybody that was supposed to look good looked pretty good. So, yeah, Jalen Brown, let's talk about him first. So, the, the the line on him was 10 of 16 shooting, 29 points, 6 of 10 from the line, 3 of 4 from 3, 13 rebounds, like you said, no assists, the 7 turnovers. The the 7 turnovers, I think almost all of them were him, like you said, kind of testing the limits, 
trying to do something and then kind of jumping in the air and just going, oh, shit, I got nowhere to go, and and turning the (laughs) ball over. So that, that I think, was the biggest problem for Jalen Brown, which is not a huge problem for Jalen Brown. He does, talent-wise, he is way too good for summer league. So, yeah, I think uh, I'm with you on this. The the next thing he needs to do now, if he's going to keep on playing in the summer league, is to try – new things to try these kind of takeover type of things that he 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 needs to work on i mean these are that's the next evolution of his game so it's a big science experiment for him uh yeah i I thought the most most impressive thing about him was his footwork on downhill drives you know you didn't get to see that a lot because most of the time he was spotting up or he was just slashing for you know finishes that that other people created so for the first time, we were seeing him like with the ball in his hands and kind of putting big man on skates at the at the rim. And it's kind of like it's a skill set that DeMar DeRozan, guys like him and James Harden have really mastered where, where they can get a guy leaning one way, can have the body control to go another, finish with either hand. And and obviously Brown isn't either of those guys. But, but for somebody who didn't have a lot of experience as, as a ball handler playmaker I just thought his footwork was, was just fantastic around the rim and, and he had some really nice finishes some strong finishes um, picked up a lot of free throw attempts so I, I was really impressed by him and and you knew he was going to be very different than he was a year ago in summer league you knew he was going to be very different from what he was as a rookie this season but but I, I thought from from a driving standpoint and and just the the, kind of the creativity he showed around the rim was was the the most important part of his game to me yeah and and we should say that there is the forever caveat the permanent asterisk to these things it is summer league and so he was going up against guys that will never see the the light of the nba but that's 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 all fine that's fine like we're, we're not i joke about the performances and on Twitter about maxing out Jason Tatum, but we we know what it is. But success against that talent is much better than no success against that level of talent because the lack of success is is troubling. And when you go out and dominate that level of talent, well, you should. That's what you should do. And that doesn't mean we're sitting here saying, well, this is what Brown is going to be able to do during the regular season. But it's a really nice sign that he's able to do that, that he's supposed to go out and dominate these guys, and he did. He absolutely looked like the best player out there, and then I think at points in the second half, it looked like he was just kind of screwing around. Not screwing around, but toying around, and, and just playing to see what, what he could kind of get away with. So, And that's what Summer League is for for him. Now, as far as Tatum goes, Tatum, nice game. He hit the game winner, obviously. 21 points on 8 of 17 shooting. He hit 1 of 5 from 3, 4 or 5 from the line. The 7 rebounds are nice. A few assists, 5 steals. Although I don't, a lot of those steals were kind of thrown right to him. So I'm not going to go too nuts about that. He, and he had a couple of rips. That's fine. But again, and same, same caveat there. A couple of big boy moves. You know, you, you see the flash of why the Celtics decided he was their guy. You know, taking guys off of the dribble, finishing strong. Uh, the, like you, you said, the game winner, the step back, the jumper. 
So he's, he's got offensive tools. So uh, nice to see a nice little debut, but obviously a lot for him to work on. Yeah. Yeah. I, I mean, I, I thought to me, the, the, the thing he's going to need to work on the most is his physicality. A couple of times, just regular dribble handoffs, he allowed his defender to jump in and, and either get steals or deflections on those. And even getting the ball sometimes was tough for him. He, he's, he didn't come into the NBA like Jalen Brown did with like this, this godly physique. He's, he's a skinny teenager still. And, and I, so I think that's going to be the biggest adjustment for him is putting on weight and learning his spots and, and how to kind of adapt to just the strength at the NBA level. But I, I thought he did so many things well. Um, there was one post move where he just had majestic footwork, laid it in off the glass. Uh, another like like Dirk Falloway, and and he he did a great job as a, as a college player with his footwork and and scored a ton of points per possession in the post. I think he led all of college basketball in in post points per touch or points per possession in, on post moves. So that's that's a part of his game that he's really good at. Um, his shot selection was kind of iffy. <laughs> he took like some some long twos off the bounce, which. Brad Stevens won't love, but he has the ability to create a shot and to get separation. And he has footwork, and he has uh, he can shoot. And th- there's a lot to like about about his game. Uh, I, Jason Tatum, I mean, obviously, like we we'll, we won't know for a long time the Fultz first Tatum thing, and that's always going to be a thing for forever. They'll be linked. Um, but in game one, I, I thought Fultz was really good. I thought. Tatum was really good, and and both both players showed well and, and showed why they were high draft picks and really this loaded draft class. Yeah, and let's talk about Fultz for just a second because, like you said, they're forever linked. We're never going to get away from this. So let's just talk about it. I thought Fultz at the beginning, or it's early on in the game, he looked amazing, amazing. Like he was doing everything. He had that big block shot. Uh, he, he hit uh he had a three early he had some nice drives he he really looks like a kid that was everything that we thought when we were looking at him as a potential Celtics pick so it's gonna be interesting to see how he develops versus how Tatum develops because Tatum again showed a lot of the promise a lot of why the Celtics were so high on him and both guys have a ton to work on as highly touted as they are as as loaded as this draft was supposed to be and and maybe there's so much work for 19 year olds to do that they're they're all going to have some time to adjust and and struggle and this little bit of success that they had against uh people that you'll never see play and uh, who the hell is Tarchuski? Like Caleb Tar Tarzuski, man, he was a very good player at Arizona. Actually, spent some time working out at the Celtics practice facility. I don't know why. I believe last year. Is he going to be an NBA player? No. <laughs> he was pretty legit in college. Though. Yeah, a lot of guys are pretty legit in college that never make it into the NBA, which goes to show how bad, how tough it is to get into the NBA. Point is that. These guys are going to be going up against big-time players once the actual season rolls around. So lots of work for them to do. But I, I thought it's 
you look for the signs that the smoothness, that confidence, the ability to kind of get to the spots that you want most of the time. Tatum had a, a little bit of a lack of awareness on the court. We had that nice, he had one like nice step back where half of his foot was in over the, the three point line. So it was a long two. So that awareness on the court will come. Uh, so, like I said, the guys who were supposed to show out kind of did a little bit, and you got a, a good first glimpse at what they were supposed to be like. Uh, let's go back. I think it's probably pretty telling, too, that on the last possession for the Celtics, Coach Jerome Allen was like, just throw it back to him. Throw it back to him. Like, his only plan was to give the ball to Jason Tatum and let everybody get out of Jason Tatum's way. And you don't do that unless you have confidence that Jason Tatum can create at least a decent shot. And, and that, that's a valuable skill. And so he's going to need to learn some things about the NBA game. He's going to need to learn some things about awareness. There's, there's a lot that he needs to, to grow and, and develop in over the coming years. But, but in his first game, while Jalen Brown was in the middle of this enormous performance, the coach was like, yeah, just, just get Jason Tatum the ball, guys, and then get the fuck out of the way. <laughs> well, yeah, you know, give the rookie some, uh, some love there. Uh, what are you going to do? Are you going to, in that situation, are you going to give it to, to Jalen Brown? Because, he, of course, Jalen Brown could have gotten any shot he wanted at any time. So if you really wanted to win that game, the score doesn't matter. Have I even mentioned the score that was 89-88? Uh, Jalen Brown could have gone out and scored the game winner. But Jalen Brown doesn't need to do that. Like, that's not a, a – he's already light years ahead. He's just came off a series where he ended up guarding LeBron. And, you know – He's not going to – this doesn't matter. To give Tatum that, that first taste and give him a chance to win a, win a game, win in quotes, win a game, that, that's pretty cool. That's a pretty cool thing. So, yeah, confidence and confidence in, in Tatum, but also give Tatum a, a little bit of confidence in his first taste of professional action. Again, in quotes, so many air quotes being used in this show. But – you give the kid a little confidence. He makes the shot. He feels good about himself. That means more than anything to me. Uh, Ante Zizic, another big uh, thing, a big guy that we're looking at. Decent game. Literally big guy. Big guy. Literally a big, big, huge dude. Uh, decent game. Nothing special, but he showed the ability to get some, uh, make some moves down in the post. He finished. He, of course, he got beat a little bit. Uh, still getting used to things, but decent, decent debut for him. Yeah, I thought I thought he did all the things we thought he was going to do, and then was limited in all the ways we thought he was going to be limited. I mean, he has great hands. He's clearly a force on the glass. Like he he beats guys to rebounds. He outmuscles guys to rebounds. And if he touches the ball, it's his. It's kind of like Jared Sullinger-ish in that way. Like, just get his mitts on it, and it's just kind of like a vacuum. He's got those hands. I thought maybe the most impressive play he made was I think he caught a bounce pass from Jason Tatum in transition. And just running the court, it was very fluid. He picked it up and, and brought it in. And, and that's not, a, not an easy thing for, for a young big man to do, like running in transition, catching the ball, evading a defender, and putting it in. I thought that was very impressive. But at the same time, like, his closeouts were 
really bad or non-existent when he was guarding a three-point shooter. Down the stretch in the fourth quarter, the Celtics played five five out with all small guys. He was on the bench. And the, the, the concerns about him are that he doesn't have the lateral quickness. And, you know, the NBA has moved away from, from big guys like him who are intimidating forces and physical presences down, down low but can't necessarily move their feet like you want them to on the perimeter. Um, so I, I, I think the concerns about that stuff are still there. The, the upside about his rebounding and interior scoring all still there. So it, it was kind of what I expected from Monte Zizic. He's going to need to learn a lot about defending the perimeter uh, to really be a big-minute player. But I think a lot of things that he does, like rebounding and, and just being a physical presence, are, are valuable nonetheless, even as a small minute off the bench guy if they need him to be that. Uh, looking at some of the other guys that made contributions, Abdel Nader, decent. You know, he's going to be a decent offensive player. Uh, I don't know if the, there's a spot for him on the Celtics, but I feel like he's going to be a guy that can make some contribution at the NBA level. Uh, I have a good, I have fun watching him play because he doesn't seem like this athletic dude. Like he does, he's not like the most cut up, like physical, force-looking type guy. He just gets to the hoop. Yeah. Like, <laughs> for some reason, like he has long strides. He's he's. He's really strong. Once he gets by someone, he's by them. And he just has a knack for getting to the hoop. He, he gets there all the time. He did it last year in Summer League, too. So I, I thought he did some good things, some bad things. But he's kind of the same way. Like, you kind of know what you're getting at this point from Abdul Nader. And, and that's a guy who gets to the rim, who can switch everything. And it was cool because, you know, the, the Celtics have talked about positionless basketball, right? And they've talked about that a lot. They talked about it after draft night when they picked up Tatum, Semi Ojale, Shemi Ojale, by the way. It's not Shimmy. I, I was lied to, so when I thought I pronounced it right, I really didn't. So Oh, that's disappointing. Damn it. Damn it. But but anyway, the, the, the fourth quarter comeback, it was with all guys who were positionless. It was Nader. It was Jalen Brown. It was Jason Tatum. It was... Shemi Ojale, and then with a, just a point guard out there, whether it's Demetrius Jackson or Kadeem Allen, and they were just switching everything. They were really long. They were athletic. They were skilled offensively. So it was kind of a, a glimpse into what the Celtics want to become, and, and it, it was it was fun to watch. I, I, I thoroughly enjoyed the small ball positionless Celtics in the fourth quarter. That's going to be an entire show in and of itself this summer at some point. The whole concept of positionless basketball and how it works and where its flaws are and, and how the Celtics are going to implement it. We haven't talked at all about Gordon Hayward tonight because the word before we started recording the show was that Gordon is going to sleep on it. And tomorrow morning, somewhere, we're, gonna, we're going to get the fireworks somehow. And it's going to be Gordon Hayward deciding where he's going to play basketball for the next, I assume, at least four or five years. But he would be part of that mix. Another 6'9 guy that goes into the into this positionless void of playing somewhere two through four or whatever and switching everything. And, and there are advantages. This is where the NBA is going. There are disadvantages. There are ways to exploit it. So it's going to be an interesting kind of decision 
moving forward with how the Celtics fill out their their roster, uh, depending on what happens with Hayward. But uh, overall, an entertaining summer league game, which is not always the case. The, these games often suck, and this one didn't suck really. I I will say this about this game though. If if it were later in summer league, I would have been annoyed at how sloppy it was. But <laughs> but but game one of summer league, I was like I was like this sloppiness is kind of fun. Like all these, <laughs> all these young guys not really knowing what they're doing. I, I kind of like this. Like this is this is neat. I, and then by like Wednesday or Thursday, I'll be like, damn it, guys, just make the simple pass. <laughs> <laughs> That will not happen. This sloppiness is going to stick around, I'm sure, for the entirety of Summer League. But that's it always right. does. It always does. It always does. That's okay, though. That's all right. Uh, all right. So that's the game. And since Gordon Hayward's going night-night, I guess we should go night-night, too. Because what else are we going to talk about? So, And you got work to do, and there's more Summer League coming up, and... You know, I got to get ready for Vegas where all the rain and Jays are going to crash Vegas. So the the three Jays in Vegas could be epic. That could be epic. Some epic podcast shows out there. That will be very interesting. I, I, I don't even know. I can't make any promises. I don't know. I don't know if I'm going to remember any of it or what. It's just going to – we'll see. We'll see what happens when we are all crashing Vegas to do podcasts. Okay. <laughs> oh boy, that's that's a that's in a week. Not less than a week. Less than a week. Holy shit! All right, guys. Thanks for listening. Uh, thanks for subscribing. If you are not a subscriber, please uh, find us wherever you get your podcast. Search for the Lockdown Celtics podcast. You will find us there. Rate us five stars. Give us a little review. Pump us up in the in the ratings, in the standings, uh, the the rankings. That helps us out a lot. Uh, if you're a business that wants to advertise, the the podcasting advertising is hot, super, super hot, and our numbers are through the roof right now. They're better than ever. So you've got to get in while it's hot. L- email us, lockedoncelltics at gmail.com. Your local business, you hear us talk about Boston paintball all the time. If you're a local business, you got local people listening to this podcast. The podcast demographics are... Uh, 90, like 98% men, all within that 25 to 45 range that, that really wants to spend money. So these are the type of people you're looking for. You know, uh, you know where they are. They, they want to spend their money with you. So email us, LockedOnCeltics at gmail.com. Thanks for listening, everybody. After game one of Summer League, in which Jason Tatum hit his first of many 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 buzzer beaters to win a game for the Celtics <laughs> <laughs> this has first been of many guys you, first you of John first. dozens dozens at least at least on his rookie deal alright this has been the Lockdown <laughs> Celtics podcast we're part of the Lockdown Podcast Network Rejecting the screen has been retweeted by Kobe, Dame Lillard, and Vince Carter. So it's fair to say you should give it a shot. I'm Noah Kozlov. And I'm Adam Stanko. 
Rejecting the Screen hits your feed every Tuesday and Thursday. On Tuesday, we talk hoops and a little bit of life. On Thursday, we go ISO with a guest. Stories from anyone and everyone who has touched the NBA with tales we promise you've never heard before. Find Rejecting the Screen right now wherever you get podcasts and hit that subscribe button.